Well, good evening. Please bow your heads with me in prayer again. Let's pray. Lord God, we pray as we go through your word tonight, you would provide us guidance and wisdom, which comes from your word. We pray our hearts will be softened to the gospel this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This evening we'll look at James chapter 1, verse 5. That passage is found on page 1011 of the Pew Bibles provided. That's page 1011. That passage reads, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. So let's first do a very brief recap of the first two chapters of James. So James was the half-brother of Jesus, and he's writing to Jewish Christians. More specifically, to the 12 tribes of the dispersion, as noted in chapter 1, verse 1. The main theme in James chapter 1 are the Christians' responses to trials, where James is making the point that we are to counter trials as an occasion for joy, and trials produce maturity in a Christian's life. Trials in the Christian's life also leads to steadfastness and perseverance in the believer's life. These trials also drive the believer to inquire and ask God for wisdom, as we will discuss here in verse 5. And the main theme in chapter 2 and the overall theme of the book is that James wants to see our faith and our works going together. James was stressing the importance of faith being put into practice or a faith that essentially works. The question we have to ask ourselves is our faith being put to action? As faith with no action is dead and worthless faith. So if you're taking notes, we will look at James chapter 1, verse 5, and two points this evening. The first point is that God is the source of all wisdom. And the second point is how to get wisdom. So let's look at our first point. God is the source of wisdom. Like I mentioned earlier, the trials we will face will hopefully move us in the direction to ask God for wisdom. James's Jew, uh, Jewish audience recognized this wisdom as the understanding that was necessary to live life to God's glory. Proverbs 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. The Bible also warns from Proverbs 21, verse 30, no wisdom, no understanding, no counsel can avail against the Lord. Particularly relevant to this passage is how wisdom is a precursor to full-blown godly character. Proverbs 8.35 says, the one who finds wisdom finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. James may be introducing the subject of wisdom. Since wisdom has the power to make a believer complete, as the previous verse 4 indicates. Believers need this wisdom in order to take on the trials and tribulations that we may encounter. We cannot use worldly wisdom in order to take on various trials that we may encounter in our life. In these trials that we face, we need wisdom a lot more than we need knowledge. Knowledge is raw information, but wisdom knows how to use that knowledge. Better put, wisdom is essentially knowledge applied. This wisdom that God provides is not wisdom of philosophy, but the wisdom of the absolutes of God's will, will revealed in his word. As I referenced earlier, Proverbs has a lot to say about wisdom. Proverbs 9.10 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and that the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Basically, this verse teaches that the fear of the Lord is the foundation, the true wisdom and all types of learning are eternally worthless unless built upon the knowledge of the Lord himself. 
The link between the fear of God and wisdom means that we cannot possess wisdom if we recreate God in the way we want him to be. Once we recognize God is the source of life and wisdom, it gives us a new perspective as living in the fear of the Lord is the starting point for knowledge and wisdom. All of these verses from Proverbs, along with our passage from James this evening, are telling us that all things, including all knowledge and wisdom, come directly from God the Father. These verses are showing us that not only is God the source of all knowledge and wisdom, but he actually wants to give us this wisdom. In our passage this morning that Pastor Mike preached from, King Solomon acknowledged that the Lord is the source of wisdom and asked this wisdom from God. He identified himself as the Lord's servant and asked for an understanding mind to govern the people he was in charge of and to discern from good and evil. He didn't rely on his own knowledge, but asked the Lord to impart that knowledge and wisdom to him. This is the tie to the end of James chapter 1, verse 5, where it says that God will give generously without reproach if we essentially ask him. And this is what King Solomon was doing. He humbly asked the Lord for wisdom with a servant's heart. So we've established that God is indeed the source of wisdom. So how do we go about getting this wisdom? which is our next point in the sermon. Well, the obvious answer is found in the verse we're looking at tonight. How do we get this wisdom? Well, by asking the Lord. Asking God for wisdom, first of all, implies that he can deliver. James goes on to say that we must ask God for wisdom in doubt. I'm sorry, ask God for wisdom in faith without doubting, as seen in verse 6. And the one who doubts is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways, as seen in verse 8. The Greek word is a double-souled man. It refers to a man whose heart is divided between the allegiance to God and the allurements of the world. In other words, he's not sure if he wants to know God's wisdom because he isn't fully committed to submitting to it. It would be nice to know God's wisdom for this situation, but before that person commits to it, he needs to find out if he likes it. But that's not really how it works. You may be sitting here tonight thinking, well, how can I practically ask for this wisdom? So here are a few ways. We should desire wisdom and actively pursue it. By nature, all of us are self-sufficient know-it-alls. Most of us say, I can do this by myself. In this day and age, we tend to struggle with the spirit of self-sufficiency. We tend to rely on this worldly wisdom and knowledge to help us guide us along in this life. Pride will keep us from the gaining of God's wisdom. People who think they have it all figured out will never ask for wisdom or even think they need it to begin with. As I mentioned earlier, we must have a humble heart to put us in a position to desire wisdom. In fact, one of the reasons that God sends trials is to humble us from our pride so that we look to him. So again, we need to desire wisdom with all our strength. Proverbs Chapter 4, verse 8 says of wisdom, prize her highly, and she will exalt you. She will honor you for your embrace. To prize something basically means to embrace something with intense desire and love. Wisdom must be valuable to us. Proverbs 2, 4 also says of wisdom, seek it like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure. Another way to gain wisdom is to read the Bible consistently. Since we've already established that, the God, that God is the source of wisdom, we should practically apply ourselves to the study 
and meditation of God's word. And also put it into action, which is one of James's overall themes that I mentioned earlier, having the faith that works. Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. We must devote ourselves to know and understand the word. We as Christians need to understand our playbook, which is the Bible. So imagine if the starting football quarterback didn't understand his offensive playbook. It was not up to date on new plays designed by the offensive coordinator. Well, unless he's Tom Brady, he probably would be out of a job and the backup QB would take his place. Like the football quarterback who needs to understand his playbook to run the offense, we as Christians need to understand our playbooks, which is the word of God. The word is our roadmap and how to conduct ourselves to live godly lives. So according to my Google search, it said it takes 70 hours, 70 hours and 40 minutes for the average reader to read the entire Bible. It takes 52 hours and 20 minutes to read the Old Testament and 18 hours and 20 minutes to read the New Testament. The longest book, Psalm, will take four hours and 28 minutes. So if my math's right, that equates to roughly 10 months to get through the entire Bible in a year if we read it for 15 minutes a day. Surely all of us have 15 minutes a day to read the word, regardless of how busy our schedules are. We must not only read the word of God, but we should meditate on it by pouring over his word in our minds. A few methods of meditation include praying through the text, memorizing verses, and formulating principles from the text to try to understand its meaning. So it's important to go through the Bible slowly as well as we meditate on his word. Another thing we can do to get wisdom is to simply pray with a humble heart, which is also tied to us asking God for wisdom. As we looked at earlier, Solomon asked for wisdom. He prayed for wisdom. And the Lord said to him in 1 Kings earlier, because you have asked this and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I do now. Behold, according to your word, behold, I will give you a wise and discerning mind so that none like you has ever before and none like you shall arise after you. The wisdom that leads to true and lasting happiness is not natural or inborn. It is supernatural. It is the gift of God. Let's also ask God for wisdom through prayer to guard us from sin. Like King Solomon, I'm sorry, like us, King Solomon was not immune to falling into sin. Solomon married foreign wives, built altars for himself, and participated in pagan worship himself. There were periods in Solomon's life that required confession and repentance. Let's ask God for wisdom, not only to guard us from that sin, but to also protect us from going down the path that even lead us to sin. As once we even consider going down that path that, that, that could potentially lead us to sin, it is hard to stop that momentum if we have given into our fleshly sinful desire. We need to be humble to ask the Lord for wisdom. The person who is proud does not fear the Lord and therefore can't find wisdom because he or she doesn't want it. But the person who fears the Lord is humble because he, he depends on God for everything and fears to take credit himself for what God does. Humility 
is, the found, is foundational for the other aspects of godly wisdom because humility is teachable and open to change and growth. The proud person does not like to admit his errors and his need for growth, but the humble person is open to counsel and reason and ready to be corrected and follow truth. You may be thinking right now, how does, this, how does asking for wisdom relate to asking for guidance? They're very much related. And we should ask God for wisdom to help guide us in our big and small decisions. However, this does not mean that we should be trying to figure out God's plan for us. Or have this idea of waiting for God to communicate directly with us. That's not what the Bible teaches. Rather, the normal way God guides us is by making us wise through prayer, reading of his word, and through counsel of other godly brothers and sisters in Christ. So if you have a practical decision you need to make, like choosing between two jobs to consider, like I have recently, rather than stressing out about it like I did late last year, as some of you know, we should be asking ourselves, will either of these jobs cause me to sin? And will either of these jobs cause me not to serve my family and my church family well? If the answer to any of those questions is no, then it's probably okay to take either one of those jobs. God's wisdom will help inform our conscience if one of those jobs may cause us to fall into sin. And this goes on with life decisions, every other life decision as well. God's word will help us, help guide us to make wise decisions. Finally, our last sub-point of how to obtain wisdom is we need to come to Jesus. Jesus is the wisdom of God. Jesus lived the life that we could not live and have not lived. Jesus is the new Adam who perfectly obeyed and submitted to his father. Died on the cross to pay the penalty for our sins, the punishment that all of us, including me, deserve. He died a criminal's death on the cross, and three days later, he got up from the dead, proving that he conquered sin and death. Sin must be punished. And we need to make the decision whether we want to allow Jesus to take this punishment for us, or do we want to take the punishment for our sins ourselves by being cast into hell? Our response today should be to confess that we have all fallen short in sin and fallen short of the glory of God. And if we turn from our sin and put our hope and trust in Christ, a wonderful transaction here takes place. And that if we are truly repentant sinners and put our hope and trust in Christ, God will look to Christ's righteousness to cover our sins and will receive us into his kingdom. This is the good and great news of Christianity in a nutshell. If you're here tonight, you're not a follower of Christ. I urge you to turn from your sins and place your faith in him. It's the most important thing you can think about tonight. As we conclude, let's remember that the Lord God will give us wisdom to those who humbly ask of it. God's perfect wisdom will help guide our consciences and will help us make wise decisions in our lives. Praise God that we have a faithful high priest in Jesus that we can approach daily through prayer. For he is a great and wise God indeed. Let's pray. Lord, we pray we would heavily consider these things this evening and you would humble our hearts. We give you praise. We can come to you freely and ask for wisdom as we face various trials in our lives. We thank you that you impart wisdom to us generously and without reproach. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.